This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. So his salvation and his grace comes with a purpose. There is a purpose for us right now. You have a purpose. And, and besides just making a living, there is a kingdom purpose. And that is the highest purpose. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, he said in, your, in your priorities of living this life out as believers, He said, put first the kingdom of God. Isn't that what He said? So that comes first. I know we've got to make a living and pay bills, but that shouldn't come first. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> People are God's engine for the vision. If we, as a body of believers at Passion Church, if we're going to rise up and move forward and accomplish God's purpose, what is it? It's what? It's going to all the world, preach the gospel, and make disciples. That's, I mean, that's a simple. Think about it. Jesus didn't leave some big organization. He didn't leave some well-oiled machinery. He had... You know, 12 men, you know, two of them, you know, were vying and jockeying for, you know, chief position within, you know, his organization if he had one. Remember that? You know, they got their mamas involved. My boy, now my boy, Jesus, my boy, he he should be at your right hand. Come on. He had some, you know, their motives weren't exactly right. Lord, shall we call down lightning from heaven? (laughs) I mean, he had all kinds of guys. He had a tax collectors. You know, people didn't get in that business because they didn't love money. So he, he had all kinds of people with all kinds of backgrounds. He had fishermen. He, you know, I mean, you know, they smelled like fish. He had all kinds of people. He, you know, he had a zealot in there, a patriot. We need to make, make Israel great again. Uh-oh. You thought that was new, didn't you? See, here's the thing. He had all these different people. They had all kinds of uh, agendas and motives when he called them together. But as they responded in faith to his grace, as they listened to his words, as they opened their heart to his purpose, a higher purpose, he was able to bring those 12 men into such a place of unity and in harmony that God was able to launch the church. And 2,000 years later, it's still going. Amen? So all those other things, you know, I brought that out just to show you that, you know, Jesus, you know, they weren't all just, you know, uh, you know in a cookie-cutter mode. His 12 disciples, they were all men. They all had feelings. They all had motives. They all had weaknesses. They all had different motivations, just like all of us do. But somehow when they got hold of the grace of God and the vision of something higher, it transcended political parties. It transcended ethnicity. It transcended socioeconomic background. Come on. This is good preaching. 
<laughs> I'm talking to the church, not to the world. I understand the world. They got all their, you know, they got their agendas. That's fine. But I'm telling you, in the church, we got to we got to put the kingdom of God first if we're going to accomplish His purpose. <laughs> I said, God calls people, not organization. God graces each member of His body with a specific gift that is necessary to complete the vision. Just like, just like we, I talked about with your engine. Let's look over, let's skip over to, to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. And I, I like the way the Living Bible puts this, so I, I printed it out. I'm going to read this from the Living Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through the pastor. Oh, that's not what it reads? Oh, I'm... Okay, I got it. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us. Each of us. Say that with me. Each of us. Yeah. As a means of helping the entire church. Boy, I like the way that reads. Now, how many of you would like to be one-armed and one-legged and one-eyed and one-eared? That wouldn't make life too much fun, to say the least, would it? But what happens if, you know, if in the body of Christ, the ear is missing, one of the legs is missing, one of the eyes is missing, and then we wonder why. Why? I don't understand. I mean, you know, man, we got the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, we're, we're faith people. We're, yeah. But you're limping along. You got one arm trying to, you don't know where to hold the shield or the sword with it. I mean, you only got one arm. You put the sword down to get the shield. That might be it for you. We need one another. And the church needs one another. We need what God's put in you. I said we need what God's put in you. I'm going to read this again. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. Now, you know, I know this, that individually God wants to do something in you. I know that individually He wants to meet your needs. But here's the thing. We've got to raise it up and we've got to balance that out with there is an us, there is a we as well as a me. Yes, God wants to do things for me. He wants to do things in me, in the me's. But He also wants us to turn that upside down at times and make the me a we. It's about us. You know, we're, we're so, uh, so individualistic minded in our culture here in America. You know, we don't need nobody. You big old fibber. <laughs> But that's the, that's sometimes that's the mindset. We don't need nobody. And we don't need nobody to tell us what to do. Come on. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. <laughs> we, we, we get that, that, that attitude on us. But when we bring that into the church, it hurts us. Well, if I don't like what, you know, passing church is doing, I, you know, there's 40 other churches. I can go to one of them. But here's the thing. Did God call you to one of those 40 others? 
See, there's a lot of people that have left for the wrong reason. They've left the church where God planted them, whether here or wherever it might be, but they left for the wrong reason. They didn't re- leave because God led them out. They, they left because, you know, they got their feelings hurt or they got upset or somebody said something or didn't say something or did something or forgot to do something. In other words, they didn't like it because they were in a church with a bunch of imperfect people. Shazam! So they left to go to another church with imperfect people. But here's the thing. We're going to see this in a moment where he says he set each one of us in the body as it pleased him, not as it pleased me. Well, I don't like the way they do things there. Well, did God set you there? Yeah, well, stop whining, you big baby. Isn't it the truth? You know I'm telling you the truth. Everyone is important to God's vision. Everyone is important. Everyone is important. And so when you're out of your place, you know what you're doing? You're hurting the engine's performance. Amen. Man, you ever, you ever seen one of those, uh, you know, those muscle cars, those new ones they got now? 700 horsepower. 900 horsepower. Man, when they put, you put the gas pedal down on that thing, whoo! Oh, I mean, you can hear that thing. That, that's a high-performance engine, isn't it? That thing can go at a high level of speed, high performance. It maximizes. Every part is maximizing and releasing that power to drive that vehicle. You know, that's what God wants for His church. We look at, you know, sometimes what we call the early church or the beginning of the church, and we look back at it. You know what? Think about it. They had no technology. No technology. They didn't even have the printing press yet. Forget that. They had no technology. They had no buildings. They had no structure. They had no organization. But you know what they did have? They had a high-performance engine. The body, you read over there, it says they were all in, in one place with the same mind, with the same purpose. <clears throat> no wonder they changed the world. But, you know, with us, man, I mean, you know, we're going to whine if, you know, if it's a little bit hot in the church. I'm going over there to that church. I heard they got good air conditioning. Everyone is important. Listen, you are important. We are. You are. People are God's engine for the church. Amen. Look over in Romans 12. And I wrote this one down in the Living Bible too. 12, 5, 4, and 5. Listen to this. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it. Now, let me ask you something. Can I take a ball-peen hammer? And hit your big toe and make your head like it? Can I? You want to test it? Good, you're smart. No, but yet, in the body of Christ, we don't think anything, you know. I'm mad because somebody, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't shake my hand or they didn't say hey or they didn't do something and I'm gone. We're all parts of it. And it takes every one of us. Listen to this now. It takes every one of us. It, this is God talking. 
This is not my opinion. This is the Word of God. It takes every one of us to make it complete. It takes every one of us to make it complete. That means you. <laughs> it takes every one of us. For we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other. And each needs all the others. So here's the thing. When we get out of the will of God, it hurts everything. It just flat does, doesn't it? Now I know some of you righteous ones have never been there. So we're, we applaud you. But some of us who've been there, we know from experience. You get out of the will of God, it's not good. I'm not talking about necessarily you just going out and you know, living in sin or something, but I'm just talking about, like, just like my illustration here, you're at the wrong church. You left your church for a wrong reason. And so you're somewhere else where God didn't set you. You set you there. So all of a sudden, everything in your life, it, it, Dad Hagen used to say it this way. He says, kind of like trying to wash your feet with your socks on. I mean, your feet are getting wet, but something ain't right. And so we got a lot of people that are out of sorts with their brothers and sisters, out of place with their brothers and sisters. They come, they don't, but they, they're, they're gifting that God's put in them, the grace that God put in them is inactive. And when we're out of the will of God, all kind of things, I mean, it, I mean it's a challenge enough dealing with life in the will of God. You get out of it and it's really rough. And I really believe this with all my heart, you know, uh, uh, sometimes I wish, you know, I, I was bolder. Because sometimes people come to me and want me to pray, and I know, you know, it ain't going to do a lick of good. Not because I don't believe in prayer, but because I know where they're at. I'm, I'm trying my best, brother. <laughs> now, see, I'd love to pray. Now, pray a nice little thing we all feel. You know, but here's the, this is what's going to help you. This is what's going to help you. And so we need each of us to be in our place and recognizing that what I do or what I don't do in obedience to God, where He has placed me, it's going to affect my brothers and sisters. And it's going to affect the rest of my life. Listen, you seek first the dollar bill instead of the kingdom of God, it's going to affect your life. No different about this. So see, I'm, well, I'm not, when I talk about being out of the will of God, I'm not necessarily saying you're out there living in some gross sin or something. I mean, it, but, but if, you're not, well, if you're not using your gift that God gave you, if you're not in the, the place where you're supposed to be, hmm? He sets each person in relationships within his body as it pleases him. Are you listening to me? As it pleases him. Now, we just got through with the holidays, and I know, you know, because of COVID all, maybe we weren't able to get with families, but, you know, uh, how many of you traditionally get with family to some degree over the holidays, e even if it wasn't this one, but typically you do? And th aren't they just all wonderful? They're just great, aren't they? You just want them to. You want us just say, "Hey, why, why don't y'all just stay here and just move in?" You know, somebody says you don't get to choose your family. You don't, do you? Your natural family. You don't get to choose them. Well, you don't get to choose your spiritual family. 
I just read where it says God sets us in as it pleases Him. He didn't say He voted on it. It didn't say even He asked you where you wanted to be. Oh, I ain't going to set that church. I'm telling you what, this and that and this and that. That's just not right. And that, this and that and this. Well, what's new? <laughs> you get with your family before the holidays, this and that and this and that. <laughs> Isn't that true? In other words, we're, we're not perfect people. You know, some people would rather have a white pastor. Some people would rather have a black pastor. But you know, you just got what you got because God gave it. I mean, that's how it is. Isn't that right? I mean, I'd like to be over there, you know, where they, they have this nice traditional looking church building with the steeple on it and everything's just nice. But that's not where God puts you. Now, if God puts you there, you better get there. <laughs> but I'm saying that, see, relationship means responsibility. If I am in relationship here at Passion Church, if this is where I know God's put me, then there's a responsibility to all the other members. It's not about what I feel or what I would like or my preference. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Bruce. I appreciate it. Relationship implies response. Isn't that true? That's true between husband and wife. That's true in a family. And it's true in the body of Christ. Amen. So if I neglect either relationship or responsibility, then that's, what, that's going to have a negative impact on families. Well, I'm telling you, uh, you know, I'm coming up on, let's see, how many years in ministry? Close to 40? Listen, in, in counseling with people, and I'm sure all of you have done it too, you counsel with, with people with marriage problems, a lot of times that's exactly what it is. They want a relationship without any responsibility. Well, you know, it's, it's her fault. No, it ain't. It's his fault. Nobody wants to accept any responsibility. They, they, you know, they just want the benefit of being married. Well, listen, there can't be relationship without responsibility. Isn't that true? I mean, you have, if you're working for somebody as an employee, don't you have a relationship with that company? So that means you can just do whatever you want to all day long when you're on the job, right? Why not? See how lightly we take God's church and God's body? We just treat it and do it any way we want to. You wouldn't dare do your job that way. You wouldn't dare do your employer that way. Boy, it's awful quiet. To neglect, if you neglect it, listen, it's going to have a negative impact. Because God said it was. He said, grace is given to every one of us. Amen? You know, if, if, if we had a 250-gallon cistern up here, a big, big, th big tank to fill, you know, and we had one person up here with their bucket that had to go to the well 50 yards away and come back to fill it, that's the way we do church. And then everybody else griping why it ain't full. Why is it not full yet? Why is it not full? I want to stay one. I'll tell you what, we need to fire the pastor and get us another one that can fill up that thing. Get all, get awful quiet in here. Come on now. But what would happen if we all took our buckets and began to fill it up together? Make a big difference, wouldn't it? As I said, Christ's body is like an engine. It's made up of interrelated parts. 
that's got to work together properly. And that's what we're going to be looking at all this month. We're talking about God's engine for the vision. You know, we all know, we, you know, we, we want to reach the lost. We want to see people healed. We want to see, see this place filled up. We want to see the glory of God here. We want to see disciples made. We want all these things. Well, how's this going to happen? Well, the pastor's just going to get down there, man. He's going super duper, 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 pray it up. Pray it down. No, he needs to pray it out. <laughs> Sometimes we can't even get an agreement on which way we're going to pray. So to make it work properly, listen, our faith obedience, get this, releases God's grace. 1 Corinthians, my time's slipping away here. Let's look over in 1 Corinthians, though, real quickly. Listen, church, don't let the familiarity with this subject keep you from getting, getting the reality of this thing. Somebody said this, if we keep doing the same thing we've always done, we'll keep getting the same results we've always got. If we want different results, we need to do something different. But not just any kind of different. We need to do it the way God said do it. If we do it the way He said do it, we won't have to change it 50 times. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. Listen to this. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen? Are you am what you am? <laughs> and His grace to me was not without effect. You know, I would to God that all of us in the body of Christ could say, make that same statement. But here's the thing, church. You can bottle up the grace of God. You can keep the flow from flowing out of you to bless and build up the body. Listen to this. But the grace of God that was with he said, he said, no, I worked harder than, them all, than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Remember, we said our faith obedience releases God's grace. What did Paul say? He said, as I'm out there obeying God, working hard, in obedience, he said, great things are happening. He said, but it's not me. It's the grace of God being released out of my gift. What great things could be happening if the grace of God was released from all of us here at Passion Church? Grace through prayer. Grace through what? Being of the same mind. Grace flowing out of us in forgiveness because everybody is not perfect like we are. <laughs> Amen. Grace for forbearance. Patient with one another. Didn't he say, you who are, are strong, bear the infirmities of those who are weak? He didn't say, all the strong people huddle up and make a strong church. He said, you, you stay right there with those weak people if that's where God's planted you. And you let the grace of God, that gift of God in you, let it bear up those who are weak. And let it become a strong church. Our, see, a lot of people want a turnkey church. If you're in real estate, you know what we mean. Or if you bought a house, you know what they mean by a turnkey. 
That's when, that means that all the owner's got to do is he comes in, he opens the door, ta-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, it's, I mean, they, you know, it's been built, custom built. They, you know, the, 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 the decorators come in and, and got everything. I mean, everything is just immaculate. And all they want to do is, you know, and make sure you got a big old TV. Because all they want is a turnkey situation. Who wants to work to build something? Who wants to see the grace of God flowing out of us, touching lives, making disciples? Yeah, fix your upper. There you go. Exactly right. Hey, that's what we were when God found us, wasn't it? Boy, I was a big old fixer upper. I was, I was one of those buildings where if you stepped on the porch, you, you know, not go to the ground. So our faith and obedience, this is what Paul said. It wasn't, it wasn't just me. He said, yeah, I was working on it, but it was the grace of God in me. And I want to tell you, church, listen, what you have is so important. It's so valuable to passion church to the kingdom of God. Engage your gift. You say, well, I'm not sure what my gift is. Well, that's the first thing you need to discover. Which brings me to my action points here. Do you think too little of your value to Christ's body? This is what keeps some people from ever engaging their gift. Well, you know. You know, go back to my, you know, bucket illustration about filling up this, the big tank, you know, 250-gallon tank. Well, you know, now, uh, Brother Bruce, he's got this five-gallon bucket. I mean, I got this little teacup. Well, honey, go fill up that teacup as much as you can and dump it in there because that teacup's going to raise the level. I said, that teacup's going to raise the level. And if we get all our teacups in and a few people that's got the five-gallon bucket, we put it all in, it grows up. You see this principle working with the children of Israel in the wilderness. When the manna came down, it says they, they, you know, they had to go you know, that same morning and collect the manna. Remember that? And it says some collected a little, some collected a lot, but it all worked out to nobody had a need. See, stop comparing, you know, my cup to your bucket, your bucket to my... Let's just use what we've been given. And I promise you, what you've been given, you know, we know this principle, it will increase, won't it? But it'll make a difference. Your praying makes a difference. Your faith makes a difference. Your giving makes a difference. Exercising your spiritual gift makes a difference. Your encouragement makes a difference. Your presence makes a difference. You know presence is important because Jesus said, if you can get two or three together, He said, I'm going to be there. So presence must make a difference. (laughs) Amen. The 120, it says they were all in one place, in one accord. Wow. Presence must make a difference. Do you possess unused or underdeveloped grace gifts that could benefit Passion Church? I'm, these are questions for you to ask yourself and ponder. Are there gifts that, that you, you haven't, you're not using? You're not engaged. You know, here's the thing. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, uh, it's more blessed to give than to, isn't that right? But, you know, the church in America, 
our culture has been more about we come to get than that we come to give. I'm coming to get something. If you look over there at the, at the, 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 the most in-depth model, if you could put it that way, and that might not be the best way to do it, but the, the, the life activity of, the, of a church in Paul's day, it says when they come together, he said, one of you has a word, one of you has an exhortation, one of you has a prophecy, one of you. They came together because they had something. Not to get something, except to receive from one another, of course. All right, one more. I encourage you in these actions. Ask God to show you how and where to start with your faith obedience. If it's, if it's a thimble, we need it. If it's an eyedropper, we need it. Otherwise, God wouldn't have put you here with your eyedropper. See, this is what, and the Bible warns us, don't be comparing yourselves among yourselves. Because if you got a bucket and they got an eyedropper, it's only the grace of God that you got a bucket and they got an eyedropper. Don't go around bragging like you some big something. <laughs> Isn't that right? It's the grace of God working in all of us. God's engine for vision. You know what it is? People. Regular, ordinary people just like you and me. We've not arrived yet. We're not perfect yet, except in Christ. We don't do everything just right. We don't always make 100% right decisions, everything that we do. There's a lot of things, you know, and if you start looking at all that, listen, it won't take you long to look. You can find it. But the Bible says that love covers. He didn't say, aren't you glad he didn't say just a few? He said multitudes. You know, you know, the Bible uses multitudes when it can't be numbered. They just say, so many, it's a multitude. I, we can't number them, it's a multitude. So here's the thing. Your, lover, your love covers my faults. My love covers your faults. Your love covers that. All of a sudden, we start looking that way, and we think, wow, man, this is a great place to be. This is, well, I'm glad I'm part of, of this church. I'm glad God's planted me here instead of, you know, all grumpy Gus all the time. Well, I tell you, I wish I was in a different time church. Well, you know what? With that kind of attitude, there's probably a few people there that wish you were too. <laughs> I'm on it today, aren't I? But listen, seriously. We are God's engine. Listen, we're it, Passion Church. We're, we're, we're to do the part God's called us to do. We're it. We're, we're the ones God's. Don't, don't be. This is it. <laughs> don't say who's going to go up to heaven and bring down Jesus to get it. Listen, this is it. We're it. And God can do it through us. He, he did it through fishermen. He did it through tax collectors. He did, it, he did it through a, a political zealot. He did it through people that, you know, their, their way of getting people, you know, to repent, call down fire. He did it through all kinds of people. He can do it through us. Not because we're that way, but because of His grace. Would you bow your heads just a minute? I want to pray. Father, thank You. 
that you've called each one of us into your body. We're part of the body of Christ. We're so glad, Lord, that by one Spirit, we've all been baptized into one body, Christ Jesus. But Father, in addition to that, you set us here at this place that we, we've called Passion Church. And there's a responsibility that we have as well as a relationship that we have with one another and with your kingdom to do our part to see the vision that you've placed here come to pass. Father, I pray that in our hearts we'll know that there is, are no big eyes and little me's, little you's. But Father, we're all important. That where you've set us and how you've gifted us is vital to your will being accomplished at Passion Church. God, encourage my brothers and sisters. Lord, let the weak say, I am strong by the grace of God. Father, I thank you that this year, Passion Church will grab hold of this, that we are your engine, God's engine, to complete the vision that you've called us to. I thank you for it. I thank you for it, making it real in our lives. In Jesus' name. And you say amen. Well, before uh, we dismiss you and receive our offering, if there's anyone here, if you have a need in your life, you'd like prayer right now, you know, you can just stand your, right where you are, whether it's you, maybe you need healing in your body, maybe a family member, maybe a financial need, whatever it is. If you just stand right where you are, amen. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Father, you see people standing all over the building, your people called by your name. Father, I declare that they have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Lord, they've been translated out of the dominion and authority of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of your dear Son, the kingdom of light. I think if there's wisdom, where they need wisdom for direction, oh God, you give them abundant light. You guide them by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. They're out of, from the dominion of darkness, out of the dominion of lack and poverty. Father, where a financial need is necessary, I thank you, Lord, that you will provide for them supernaturally if need be, a job, uh, extra income, whatever it may be financially. I declare that they are the head, not the tail. That they are blessed of God. And the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And you add no sorrow to it. Father, I thank you for healing those that need healing in their body right now. In the name of Jesus. We declare they are redeemed from sickness and disease. You are trespassers in their body. And in Jesus' name. We command you to leave the body, the members of the body of Christ right now. Sickness, disease in every form. You leave the members of the body of Christ right now. They are the temple of the living God. Their bodies have been bought by the blood of Jesus. They belong to God. 
And we speak health and healing and strength into their bodies in the name of Jesus. Father, we stand with them who are standing for family members. You said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and your household shall be saved. We stand in agreement for household salvation, spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Lord, you deliver them from the hand of the enemy. You open their hearts to, you, to the Word of God. You send labors across their path. I thank you, Father. We stand in agreement for household salvation. Father, for these that are right down here, our household members, Father, right here, that we've put, Father, uh, right here, right now, Father, just stretch your hands up this way if you would. Father, we're believing for household salvation. Our families, our extended families, our neighbors, our, our co-workers, in the name of Jesus, we break the spirit of darkness from their lives, from their minds. God, open their hearts to the gospel, send labors by their path. Oh, Father, we claim their salvation in Jesus' mighty name. You say amen? Well, you may be seated just for a moment. We're going to dismiss you in just a minute or two. As we get ready for dismissal, you know, uh, uh, as we do our offering, and of course, you know, those of you who are regular attenders, you know, we, we, we give our offerings as we go out the doors. But I want to read something to you. Paul talked about God's grace being upon our lives in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and 8. He said that God is able to make all of His grace abound toward you so that whatever your need is, it, it will be met. Now, two instances real quickly. I, I'm, I'm not going to... Ref- to these except by scripture verse you can look them up abraham because of the favor favor is another word translated grace the favor that he received from pharaoh in genesis 13 1 and 2 it says when he came out of egypt it says abraham was very rich and if you go over there and read over there you'll see who made him rich yes it was god but who did god use pharaoh loaded him down because Abraham had done everything just right. Not. He was afraid in the famine. Instead of trusting God, he went into Egypt. Then when he got into Egypt, he was afraid he was going to be killed because his wife was pretty, so he lied about that. See, and you thought Abraham had it all together. But God still was with him, wasn't he? He was a covenant man. You're a covenant child. And then the second thing was in Genesis 26, it says that Isaac received the grace of God on the work of his hands. Now, see, Abram got rich because God gave him favor with people in high places, people with wealth. And, but in Genesis 12, it says that, that, that he planted in the time of famine. But because the favor of God was upon him, it says he reaped back a hundred times. So the favor of God, God, grace can give you favor with people of influence. God can open doors. He can bring wealth into you that way. And His grace, can, favor can be upon the work of your hands. Amen? It was with Isaac. It was with Joseph. There's many, many examples. So as you're giving today, you're giving your tithes, your offerings. This is our mission Sunday, our first Sunday where we're giving of our missions pledge. Listen, listen, expect the grace of God to be upon you and upon you when you go to work, to be upon you uh, when you bring you into association with people of high places, 
that can promote you, that can, then all of a sudden, uh, God can open their eyes to see uh, the gift that you are, the blessing that you are, and bring promotion. There's all kind of ways. Don't limit God in your blessing. Stand up on your feet. Now, Father, as we go, Lord, we go as people of the covenant, people that are called by you. We are your engine for the vision. And, Father, one of the reasons that you bless us is for that very reason. It's because we are the people, Lord, that will sow. We are the people of God that will give for the kingdom of God. So, Father, as the people so faithful to give, I declare in Jesus' name, I declare it, Lord. We sang about it today, but I declare it. They're they're the head and not the tail. They're above only and not beneath. That whatever they put their hand to this week, it is blessed, it is blessed, and they have favor with you and with men. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well. Just before you go, let me remind you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.